This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Well, it's been a while since we were here, but Supercoach 365, we're back ahead of round 19. Geez, wasn't there uh, plenty to get through out of last weekend? And obviously, Tommy, uh, a lot of it focused around injury news to come out of round 18 and a couple of signings moves as well. But uh, let's start at the top there. Tohu Harris, uh, super coaches, were pulling their hair out on Sunday afternoon, that ACL injury against the Panthers. Yeah, well, uh, good day, Ryan. Second time this year that Tohu has done an injury in the first half. Uh, both times he's kind of been you know, highly selected by people going into the week and then uh, he's sort of done them dirty, but it's not his fault. You can't, can't do anything about injury. But yeah, bitter blow for people who owned him and um, a few other injuries across the weekend as well. Yeah, the Warriors uh, felt the full brunt of that. Wade Egan, he looks to be gone for the season and Roger Tuovaza-Shek not named in round 19 after picking up a pretty nasty head knock last weekend as well. Uh, not injury news, but some signing news, and it's kind of uh, moving as we go to air tonight. Wednesday night we're recording, but to everyone listening on Thursday morning, you're waking up to the news of Tavita Pangai Jr. His short-term move to the Panthers is confirmed, and then he's off to the Doggies in 2022. So uh, has some super coach implications. This Pangai, he's fallen out of favor a little bit at the Broncos there in his last couple of starts. He's still scoring well, but what does this mean? We expecting to come off the bench at the Panthers? Yeah, it's an interesting signing. Um, I think he's good enough to crack their starting team on ability, but I just think with the harmony and sort of the uh, the team that Cleary's created at Penrith, I don't know if he'd really want to want to like upset the apple cart there. But no, nah, look anyway, it's a pretty good signing for the back end of the year, and he could go get a premiership ring this year and then go play for the Dogs next year down the bottom of the ladder. It's quite an interesting one. Yeah, they've put together uh, some sort of side there. 
the, uh, the Bulldogs, that is, for next season. And the Panthers have a pretty handy one themselves uh, to finish off 2021. Uh, and, of course, speaking of handy sides, what about the Melbourne Storm flying at the top of the NRL ladder? And then they get to welcome back a guy by the name of Ryan Pappenhausen, who returns this weekend. He's off the bench um, out of an unfamiliar sort of role, although he did debut off the bench and had some success there in his breakout first season. But Pap's on the bench for the Storm. Nico Hines still in jersey number one. Uh, plenty of attack here for the Storm wherever you look. Yeah, it's a massive, massive boost to bring him back. It's not like they really need him, honestly, winning by 40 every week, but I suppose every team can do with a Ryan Pappenhausen on the bench. I think we've kind of both mentioned it to each other throughout the week, but do we think there could be a little last-minute shenanigans from Bellamy and bring in Paps to the team and possibly see Cooper Johns exit the side? Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a chance with Munster not being there and Hines has stepped up in recent times as that. Uh, third playmaker and almost a predominant playmaker at times. We saw him last week in round 18 put together a massive super coach score of 166, uh, kicking goals, setting up tries, scoring them as well. And uh, really, well, he saved my week last week, uh, a score of 14-2-9 for myself, Buds Battlers, in round 18 just gone. Uh, back into the top 1% uh, after, well, heading into round 19 with a total score of 22611. So uh, not badly placed heading into the run home. Tommy, what about yourself? How, how do you fare last week? Yeah, I was just seven points behind you last week, 14-22. Um, could have been a lot bigger if I had to put Lodge in my in my 17. He got 130, I think it was, uh, in my non-playing reserves, which was a bit of a blow. But into the top 5% overall this year, and I feel like I haven't gone too well this year, but still be top 5%. I'm not too depressed about that. Yeah, uh, you're ahead of 95% of others, so that's uh, some saving grace there. And uh, just speaking of Nico Hines, so I managed to loop him into, uh, well, from the VC, thanks to Latrell Mitchell sitting out in the final match of the weekend against the Bulldogs. So a little bit of luck there, but you need it when you can get it, of course. Let's get into this, our talking points, because there are plenty of talking points, and a lot of them about Tohu Harris. Uh, Tommy, uh, this of course via our Instagram DMs at Supercoach365, we'll put it up before we record on a Tuesday or Wednesday night, uh, you can get to us and ask your questions and there's a couple here so let's get right into them. Uh, we've kind of broken this up into three topics tonight so we'll go through Tohu Harris, Johnson and Johnston and then a couple of questions about the guns as well but let's start at the top with Tohu and Alec Meyer is asking is Tohu out for the season? Uh, pretty simple answer to this one, uh, some bad news confirmed by the Warriors uh, and their team list Tuesday, and Tohu expected to miss six to nine months with that ACL. Uh, this one for you, Tommy. Alex Brigo asks, Tohu to Payne Haas. Uh, maybe a bit of a move here with the dual position players in the front and second row. Uh, yeah, I love that. I don't see why not. Uh, if you have enough trades to do it, which you probably should have this part of the year, go for it. His last two scores, 90-89, enormous base of 60 both times. Uh I don't think it really matters who he's playing against. Uh, Haas will be a star every week. Particularly with Matt Lodge not there now as well. Looks uh, a no-brainer if you can do it, and his price is still uh, fairly right, Payne Haas. So if you can bring him in. I even had that tri-assist last week uh, towards the end. So a bit of cream on the top of the cake there from Payne Haas last week. Uh, still speaking of Tohu replacements here uh, at DX Montages asks who is the best replacement for those uh, who aren't over 550,000 we put the list together of five or six here Tommy um, looking at this 
There's one clear name that maybe sits above the rest, and that's Ryan Madison. He's found some form in recent weeks, and he sneaks in there at 549,000. Yeah, just below the uh, the cutoff for him. Uh, yeah, look, he's uh, had a bit of resurgence in recent weeks. I wasn't too key on him, I think I said a couple of weeks back, but ever since, maybe he listens to the show, wanted to prove me wrong, I don't know, but ever since then he's been flying a few tries on the, along the way, but just seems to be uh, increasing his involvement overall. So he stands... Uh, head and shoulders above the rest, uh, where else would you be going? Yeah, there are some other options here, but just on Ryan Madison there, uh, you mentioned his recent form, three-round average of 87 and a five-round average of 79. So uh, that is peak to RF numbers, really. I know scoring's sort of gone up in other position, positions this year. You look at fullbacks and halfbacks, even CTWs are churning out scores of... 85 upwards uh, pretty regularly but from Ryan Madison you can't really complain with those numbers. One on left field here that I've kind of been playing with since round 13 really, Luciano Leilua uh, has some good numbers here in the West Tigers a pretty favourable run home I think they play the Bulldogs twice inside the next five or six weeks um, although the Bulldogs are improving themselves but uh, I like what he can offer up. He's an offloader of the footy uh, tackle bus and just really has that sort of game which lends itself to super coach. Can score a try uh, and he showed that last weekend against uh, the Broncos outside Adam Dewey at $474,000. I think there's plenty of upside there to uh, running with Luciano Leilua. Yeah I can't knock you for that either. Uh, he's going really well and a good option. One other one who really found form, I think, in the past couple of weeks, especially on the weekend. Corey Harawira Naira, uh, I was big on him in the preseason, and then he was drink driving and among other things, so he missed a lot of the, the start of the year, but he's really found form lately. 124 the other night, uh, really good attacking weapon. I think Canberra playing a lot better, and he's just a beneficiary of that. He sneaks in under the, the 550k as well, so perhaps he's a left-field option. Yeah, absolutely. I think he's uh, made plenty of money, so good luck and, and good on you if you've uh, found him early and you've held on to him for this point. You're reaping the rewards now. Uh, you can pretty much say the same about Tyson Frizzell owners. Uh, he looks to be playing, well, Tyson Frizzell sort of footy. Uh, good base, good fixtures coming up. And with Kalen Ponga back there, you'd think some attacking statistics uh, will be coming his way as well. Two more here to round us out and probably left field options. One's a little bit further down this list, but Josh Jackson here at 485,000. Uh, rock solid sort of player. He has a big motor, we know that. Uh, gets through plenty of base work and at the Bulldogs, probably not too much else. But uh, have him lower down this list. He is a reliable sort of type, but with Adam Elliott coming back in the weeks to come. Uh, maybe not a drop in minutes, but maybe a drop on his output there in terms of uh, runs and tackles. And rounding us out here, you know, I've spoken about Teague Wilton a couple of times, but he just gets through his work. Uh, 381000 he will cost something like 59 or 60 base points almost week in, week out, and doesn't really have those attacking stats, and that's why his price is what it is. But uh, a tidy sort of player, you can say, about Teague Wilton. Yeah, he's a no-frills type, like you say. Uh and it's interesting, I think, the Sharks' forward rotation at the moment with Talakai and Wilton getting the nod over Nakora. Like, I was pretty clean on Nakora throughout the year, more in draft, but he was turning out some pretty good scores. But, uh, look, uh, Josh Hannay's gone the other way, and Wilton looks to get a good run in the side for us the year. Yeah, for as long as Wade Graham's out, at least. And I'm not sure if Wade travelled up. Actually, he did travel up to the bubble. It was a ball boy on the weekend, but uh, he will sit out at least a few more weeks with those lingering head knocks. Uh Teague Wilton's teammate, Sean Johnson, he's fallen under a little bit of criticism in the past week. It seemed only two weeks ago he was a must-have, and now he's pretty much a must-sell. A couple of questions here about SJ. Alex Brigo has asked, SJ to Hughes, I've got three trades left. Uh, SJ against the Dogs this week. 
with three trades left, I'd probably say no to that one, although Jerome Hughes has been in uh, some irresistible form for the Melbourne Storm and looks really safe option there at halfback to finish off. What do you reckon, Tom? Yeah, I'm in a similar boat to the question asker here. Like, after the other night, I think Johnson got 11. I could be wrong. I think it was 11, but uh, he was terrible just watching him live against Canberra. He kept falling off tackles. I think he only had one run in 80 minutes. And, yeah, I almost just want to get rid of him out of revenge sort of thing. But just looking at my team, I only have five trades left. I think there's probably more pressing matters other than Johnson with Bulldogs pending, like you say, a Bulldogs game on the weekend. He's probably probably given one more chance, but he's on his last warning. A big thing with Sean Johnson is his goal kicking, and obviously he's lost that in recent weeks to Trindle, the young fella down there uh, playing 5'8 at Cronulla. And uh, Johnson, I think he's, his goal kicking contributed about 20 points per game. Uh, you go back through his scores. So suddenly he goes from a 65, 70 points per game half right down to a 50 uh, points per game, 55 points per game sort of player. And really with the other options out there, like we speak of uh, Hughes, Cherry Evans, even Cleary back in a couple of weeks, if you can find your way to one of those better options, I'd probably advise of that. Uh, that's about it through SJ, although one more here. Harry Lloyd asks, play Burton or SJ this week? Uh, Burton obviously back in the centres for the Panthers, uh, and they've got the Broncos, so you'd expect a few tries in that one, maybe one or two from Burton, and SJ against the Dogs. I'd probably lean towards Burton, really, I think, um, playing on that left side. Is Luai back this week? I think he is, so maybe a chance for that old firm on that left side to link up and Burton to score a try. Yeah, I think... I think Johnson is sort of rocks or diamonds. He could go bigger. He could get another low score. But I think Burton is pretty rock solid to go pretty well. So I'd be going with uh, Burton up against Broncos. Don't forget as well, the Bulldogs actually beat the Sharks uh, earlier in the year and kept them to, I think it was 16 or 18 points on that occasion. So the Sharks playing the Bulldogs, it doesn't necessarily equal a lot of points for Sean Johnson. Uh, Still on the topic of Johnson's, let's flip to AJ. Of course, Alex Johnston injured. Uh, expected to miss two to four weeks with that hamstring complaint. And uh, plenty of questions here asking, is he a sell? Uh, at Tyrell Dorrell asks that exact point. Uh, I want to give us points for and against here of selling uh, Alex Johnson. I'm going to say no, Tommy. Uh, two to four weeks, as you say, probably short enough, quick enough that you can kind of plug that gap. And he is one of the premier CTW options in this game, playing on South's left side. But uh, you could make maybe an argument, you know, a reason for selling AJ missing a couple of weeks footy. Yeah, I'm really on the fence here. Um, I agree with what you're saying about just plugging a gap for a couple of weeks as it should only be, you should only miss a few games. And with trades at a premium for most teams at this part of the year, you probably don't want to be just burning them. But having said that, I had a look at his run home and it almost makes me think he's worth selling. They do have a tough run over the next few weeks and through towards the finals. Uh, so... Look, I probably wouldn't be prioritising getting rid of him, but I also can see uh, see that side. Yeah, upcoming games, of course, against the Warriors, the Dragons. Then they run into the Eels. Uh, looks, uh, sorry, the Titans, the Panthers, the Roosters, and they finish off with the Dragons. So they play the Dragons twice in the last five or six weeks. But yeah, Panthers and Roosters. Maybe the Roosters not the force they were in recent seasons, but definitely um, you could forgive Alex Johnson if he wasn't scoring a try against the Panthers in round 23. That wraps us up on Alex Johnson, but let's get into the gun section of this Q&A, Tommy, and two questions here from Harry Lloyd to round us out. First one here, and an important one, I think, he says, Cleary, is he worth two trades? And uh, this, of course, means freeing up 
enough cash to get in Cleary. So you think of, I don't know, it might be selling a Hughes and someone else or a Nico Hines and someone else to get to that $1.2 million mark to bring in Cleary and enough. Uh, at this point of the year, is it worth burning two trades to get back in Nathan Cleary, who of course has missed the past couple of weeks with that shoulder injury? Hey, look, it's probably the question on everyone's lips at the moment, including mine. I'm only going to have three trades left after this weekend I think to cover six or seven weeks so I don't know I feel like I'm not going to bother I, I maybe if I had more trades I would do it because obviously his ability and scoring potential is outweighs anyone else at seven but I just think maybe with Hughes Cherry Evans Reynolds you could probably cover that it's not going to be as good as Cleary but you could probably cover it he's also going to be coming back from a lengthy injury so we don't know if he'll be at his absolute best straight away yeah it's an interesting one I mean I'm leaning the other way I think yeah I'd I'd probably he's probably one of those players maybe Tommy Turbo the only other one that you would look to do this for almost break the trades to, to get him in but I mean you look at rounds 20 to 25 here not an easy run by any um, stretch of the imagination here. They play the Storm in round 20, of course, that blockbuster game. Then they move into the Roosters. Uh, of course, uh, all these games up in Brisbane as it is at the moment. And then round 22, uh, they play the Dragons. So one of the more easier fixtures on this run home into the Rabbitohs. Uh, then they take on the Tigers and then they finish off with the Eels. So you look at particularly those last four weeks, there's probably two fixtures there that you know, if he scored 65-70, you wouldn't be surprised uh, in low-scoring games against the Rabbitohs and the Eels. Um, but Cleary, again, he's kind of shown his fixture-proof, so you can make arguments for and against. For what it's worth, I probably will be bringing him back in uh, at some point. And the last one here, we've already spoken of Ryan Madison a little bit, uh, but Harry just asked us quite simply, Maddo, um, our thoughts on Ryan Madison, yeah, I mean, I've held him for large parts of this season. Traded him out early and went to uh, Papali'i when he had those head knocks, but pretty much as soon as he's come back and his price and his BE got to a manageable state, then he was back in this team. Uh, big fan of Ryan Madison and what he's done in years gone by, uh, and he's showing it again. Yeah, I think I obviously got him wrong a few weeks ago when I kind of potted him and sold him, but uh, he's going really well at the moment, and he's been sort of in my thinking all week for potential trades. I'll let you know the trades later in the show, but yeah, he's definitely a good option, let's be honest. Can't go wrong with Ryan Madison, it would seem, in supercoach terms at least, and he's scoring tries as well. So if you're finding him uh, anytime, try score on topsport.com.au, you won't be disappointed. Let's get into our round 19 preview. We will keep this short and sharp. It gets underway tonight as you listen to this. A nice little segue here with Ryan Madison's Eels taking on your Canberra Raiders. Tommy, $1.20 thereabouts, uh, the Eels head-to-head, and the Raiders, $4.70 outsiders. The line here, minus 15.5 against the Eels, uh, $1.90 each of two there. This one to be played on the Gold Coast. And the Eels, they had some success there last weekend against the Titans. They scored plenty of points, and they looked good in doing so. Yeah, absolutely. They were good. Canberra were good as well, but a uh, few loss, a uh, few sorry injuries here. Jack White and out, and Xavier Savage, he looked awesome the other day. I think we spoke him up last last week on the show in anticipation of the Sharks game and he didn't disappoint he was great but uh out for the year they reckon now with a shoulder injury so that is disappointing uh for the Eels Jake Abartha gets another run and Will Penasini gets a run in the sentence yeah Jake Abartha I mean I kind of tipped the people uh midway through the season to bring him in as that enough at the halfback slot and he's going to get a few uh games here in a row to 
round out his season, you'd imagine, with Moses due back pretty soon. But um, a good chance for Arthur and anyone who brought him in to make a little bit of cash, maybe uh, towards trading back to Cleary at the back end of the year. Uh, some ins there, as you mentioned, and Junior Paulo again back for the Eels after missing last weekend, after resting after State of Origin. Friday night, the early game, this one on the sunny coast, the Roosters uh, up against the Knights. Uh, the Knights, they were pretty badly beaten last weekend by the storm, but had injuries both before and during the game as well. Uh, Kalen Ponga looks to uh, make his mark in his return here from that HIA last week. Still the Roosters' firm favourites here, $1.27 uh, up against three ninety head-to-head and the line 11.5 towards the Knights. Yeah, the Knights have been the great disappointments of the year, I think. Uh, I was pretty keen on them last week against Melbourne, at least to cover the line. I think I made it my best bet, but... um. I suppose Mitchell Pierce getting injured, a couple of a couple of other injuries, and then Ponga gone in the first half as well. Everything went pear shaped there. They just don't seem to have any backbone. They roll over roll over pretty quickly as soon as things go wrong. But um, hopefully Ponga can play this weekend. Uh, as for the Roosters, got out of jail against the Cowboys the other day. I don't think they're going that well, but they're, they're kind of just doing enough. Yeah, interesting to see that Kurt Mann retains his spot on that right side at centre. Uh, he'll come up against Billy Smith of the Roosters, who edges out Josh Morris here. So uh, I won't say a rookie in Billy Smith gets the nod, but most certainly more inexperienced than the veteran. Uh, James Tedesco is back, rested last weekend, of course, in that. It's turned out to be a big win over the Cowboys, but a little bit of a shaky start from the Roosters. Angus Crichton keeps scoring tries. So to Satili Tupanua. So uh, Jared Warrior Hargraves, again, uh, just churning out big base numbers. So owners of those three forwards of the Roosters not disappointed here heading into round 19. Uh, next match which closes us out on Friday night uh, not really a blockbuster it would have been in 2015 uh, the Cowboys and the Storm Cowboys uh, long outsiders here uh, the Storm firm favourites and the big news as we said at the top Ryan Pappenhausen is back for the Storm. Yeah well imagine winning by 40 every week and then bringing back Ryan Pappenhausen and still have Harry Grant to come back also it's just Honestly, ridiculous. I think the two dollars forty to win the comp at the moment. I feel like that's almost money for jam. They just look unbeatable, but funny things can happen, I guess. But uh, they should be taking care of the Cowboys pretty convincingly here. Uh, big news out of the Cowboys today: Ham- the Hammer flying the other day against the Roosters. He's a uh, his appendix has burst. I think he's out for the rest of the season, perhaps if they don't make the semis. Yeah, unfortunate because he's um, it's been in some good form. Um, Hamaso and of course uh, did it for the Maroons as well in that Game 3 win over the Blues so uh, would have brought it back a little bit of that confidence to this Cowboys team which just needs as much confidence as it can get and uh, I don't know if they'll be too confident heading into this one. $10 outsiders uh, or $11 in fact now as we uh, refresh the market it, uh, $1.05 the Storm head to head the line minus 29 and a half and they're $1.80 so they're less, they're less than uh, the usual dollar ninety price, and they're giving away five tries head start there. Um, news as well out of the Melbourne Storm tonight, as we record this, that uh, George Jennings will miss the next four to six weeks with that uh, PCL injury that he picked up last weekend. Uh, probably the only sour note to come out of that game for the Storm. Uh, there were some complaints, or I guess uh, some question marks over Jerome Hughes, but he's named to back up here, um, overcoming that cork to the calf last week. So uh, gets through that one unscathed, and Supercoach owners uh, will be happy to hear that. Does that George Jennings injury perhaps open the door for a starting spot for Nico Hines, even once perhaps plays fullback? I'm thinking maybe they move Remus Smith out to the wing and then maybe Nico Hines get run in the centres because I think he's just too good not to be in the starting 13. Yeah, I mean, there are some 
there's some merit in that, I think. Uh, we've seen Matt Burton make the transition into the centres and even Tommy Turbo and Latrell at the origin level playing out of position in the centres. It is sort of that position where if you can hold your own in defence, suddenly you just have so much more attacking prowess in that team than you otherwise would have. But Remus Smith, I don't know, I think he's been doing a good job. I know there was some question marks at the start of the year in terms of his defence and his combination with Jennings on that right side, but most certainly fixed that up Uh and, I mean, it's not out of the question, though, is it? Because Remus made his name at the Bulldogs as a winger. So, more than capable playing on the wing. First game on Saturday afternoon is the Rabbitohs taking on the Warriors. Uh, the Rabbitohs, again, firm favourites here at $1.16, giving away 17.5 start at that eighty price on topsport.com.au. And the Warriors battered and bruised after last weekend. Uh, they head into this one with a host of team changes. Yeah, as we mentioned at the top, uh, Tohu Harris, Wade Egan, uh, Roger Tuasashek all missing this week, a few of them for the rest of the year. Uh, look, they played pretty well against Penrith the other day, given the injuries. They did well not to get pumped by them. Uh it's going to be tough, though, to back up uh, that big performance against South Sydney, who are almost fully fit, just missing uh, Alex Johnston. Yeah, and a pretty handy replacement they get to bring in as well, Josh Mansour on that left side. He's played, I dare say, over 200 NRL games for the Panthers in that same position, and uh, maybe a couple more on top of that. Uh, Jai Arrow is back from um, his dance party he had in the Origin camp, and Jackson Paula, of course, the young winger, who was preferred to Mansour on that right side to start the year. He's back on the flank as well. South should be far too good here. Um, just just on South, they were pretty disappointing, I thought, against the Bulldogs last week. One of those games where they scored a couple of early tries and maybe put the queue in the rack. The Origin boys backing up. I thought Cam Murray was outstanding. Damien Cook did his job. But Cook, he will go down as one of the biggest Supercoach flops of the 2021 Supercoach season, I think. I think his base is about 40. Um, that's where his scoring seems to stop. He just isn't running the ball like he was in years prior. And so much the attack is focused for the Rabbitohs on getting out to the edge and uh, with Walker and Reynolds flinging the ball as wide as they can. Damien Cook is just not the Supercoach player he once was, is he? No, certainly not. Um, I've followed him really closely this year in my draft comp. I picked him up draft uh, number one pick number one and yeah been disappointing he's had three scores above 100 which has kind of kept you interested but then apart from that he struggles to break 50 which is just unheard of for someone like Damien Cook Uh, not running the ball I think has been the main issue like you say but I think that might come from above the coach because you see him in origin he runs the ball a lot more so it's been frustrating but with um a run into the finals where they're probably going to want to be at their best South Sydney Perhaps he has some life left in him. Next game here on Saturday afternoon, Manly, they welcome back Tommy Turbo uh, and Daly Cherry Evans for this clash with the West's Tigers, who I thought were pretty impressive against the Broncos, uh, at least with ball in hand. Defensively, maybe not, but um, they'll have to be a lot better without the ball this weekend with Tommy Turbo. Um, sure to be causing plenty of havocs uh, on both sides of the field here. Yeah, am I right in saying that this is probably the best 17 that Manly have put in the field all year? They just look absolutely fully fit. All their guns are playing, coming up against the Tigers team, who were really flattered last week, beating Brisbane by 18. That was a pretty low-quality game. Um, if Manly are on mentally, which they should be, I reckon they could put a big score on it. It's funny, we mentioned names back. Uh, of course, Tom, brother Jake is back as well. Jack Jozefsky is back. Another name here, Josh Alloyer is back, and maybe not the super coach raps um, in terms of uh, his output, maybe not worthy of that. And he's always been solid, Josh Alloyer, but 
interesting here. He goes up against his old club and the club, when he left, he said that they won't be playing finals footy. I want to play finals footy. And he can just about put a dent in their uh, run to the finals, the West Tigers, with a big win here, you'd imagine. So, um, yeah, just a little subplot within the plot to keep an eye on this weekend as Manly take on the Tigers. Uh, Last game on Saturday night, the Panthers and the Broncos, they do it at Suncorp Stadium. The Panthers, the home team in this COVID world, $1.15 head-to-head. They are uh, expected to get the money indeed. $1.13 now, uh, minus 19.5 to start. And as we said at the top, Jerome Luai back forces Matt Burton into the centres, but... Geez, it doesn't really take too much away from their attack when you're getting back the New South Wales number six. No, not at all. Uh, I think they do need him back, though. I really think May and Burton, I think Burton's a good player, but just May and Burton probably do like a little bit of strike. But yeah, Luai back makes Penrith pretty much certain he's on the weekend. Uh, Brisbane could put in a good performance every now and then. And we saw that last time they played Penrith, actually. That was pretty close up until the last five minutes, so... Hopefully they can produce that for their fans, but you've got to be with a penny, 13+. plus. And interesting, as we said at the top there as well, that news about Tavita Pangai Jr. moving from the Broncos to the Panthers, breaking the same week which the two teams play each other. So which interchange bench does he sit on this weekend, Tommy? Does he does he put on the Panthers' colours? Is he in the Panthers' polo, or is he still sitting behind Kevy in the coach's box for Brisbane? Well, I don't think he's ever shown that much loyalty to Brisbane, so... Maybe he'd be uh, going for Penrith, but uh, I don't think he'll make that known publicly. Sunday afternoon, footy gets underway with the Dragons taking on the Titans. Uh, an early start here at 1.50pm. The Dragons, they welcome back some troops. Uh, Matt Dufty may be the biggest name amongst all of these, but uh, Jaden Sullivan is in for Corey Norman, who's out with uh, that... I guess it was a backdated suspension for the barbecue at Paul Vaughan's house, but otherwise um, not really too much to get through there from a supercoach lens. For the Titans, Greg Marju is back. Supercoach cheapies uh, purchases would have uh, been happy to see Marju back in this lineup. He's been pretty solid, this no-name sort of player. He does know his way to the try line, uh, prolific in the New South Wales Cup in years gone by, and you would imagine he'd be every chance of finding a four-pointer on the weekend here against his Dragons team. Yeah, he's one of those players that I suppose if if you knew about him, good luck to you because a lot of people probably didn't, but he's done well in his limited appearances. Uh, Toby Sexton, another new name in the Gold Coast lineup with Fogarty gone with a broken finger. Dragons, um, just so many changes. I suppose we're getting used to this with their team every week with these uh, bands, but I don't think anyone in that back line except Ben Hunt was in that position last week, so it'll be interesting to see how they go. What about David Fafita, Tommy? We mentioned those other names at the top there in terms of Tohu replacements, and I think as it stands, David Fafita has been, at least statistically, the best TRF uh, in terms of average and maybe even points scored. No, not points scored, or maybe a Papali'i just edges him out. But in terms of average, I think Fafita would be the best second row forward in the game. Just 58 minutes last weekend. I know he didn't back up from origin, which is even more of a question mark over why he's not playing as many minutes. Uh, just 25 base points. That late try he scored was really a saviour for that overall score of 68. And um, I don't want to doubt him because he has shown this season that he is an elite supercoach player, but... 58 minutes. I just don't think it's enough for your marquee man to be sitting on the bench for 22 minutes a game. No, you would have expected more. And exactly like you said, not backing up from origin, there wasn't even that excuse to fall back on, which does make it interesting. Uh, I do think, though, his performances prior to that make him almost a must-have. 
And if you do think back to that game, he almost scored a try. Oh, he did score a try after the bell, uh, but they called it back. That would have uh, probably boosted his score up towards 100. Sunday afternoon, rounding us out, last game of the week is the Bulldogs and the Sharks. We've already mentioned this one uh, a little bit in our talking points as we got to them. Uh, Sean Johnson, of course, again named in jersey number seven, partnering Braden Trindle. And for the Bulldogs, uh, the big name back in this team is Jeremy Marshall King to wear the jersey number nine, uh, replacing Bailey Biondo Odo, who's done a good job this utility coming off the bench for the Doggies in recent weeks. Yeah, I honestly had never heard of him uh, two weeks ago, and I watched a lot of footy, but I never never heard of him. But he, he was good the other day. Uh, looks really fast, and he gave the Doggies a little bit of spark out of uh, dummy half. Not really much to speak of here from Supercoach, only Sean Johnson, who we've touched on already, uh, Maybe a little sneaky upset chance here. The doggies, perhaps they beat the Sharks earlier in the year, and I don't think Cronulla are going that well at the moment. Yeah, every chance here, the doggies, I reckon, maybe um, spoiling the party for tipsters who are on the perfect round up until this point on Sunday afternoon. They've uh, proved that in recent times, the doggies are able to you know, play spoilers, particularly in that game a few weeks back against the Dragons springs to mind late in the round. I think it was a Monday afternoon. It might have even been the long weekend footy uh, and they got the upset win. They'll be looking to do that here again against the Sharks. Let's get into now, Tommy, our trades, uh, all of that considered. Who are we trading in this week? Limited trades we do have heading into the back end of the year, but maybe a couple of moves here just to tighten up this squad heading into the run home. Yep, uh, five trades remaining for the rest of the year. Probably should be only going one away but I'm, I'm going to break the rules and go two here. Uh, I need to get a back in. I've got too much dead weight with Josh Morris, Suwali, people I should have got rid of weeks ago. I'm getting rid of Josh Morris, uh, going to Josh Addo Carr. Just think Storm are irresistible at the moment, and the more Storm players I can have, I'm honestly just happy to fill my team with them. And as for my uh, second trade, Tane Milne, he's done a really good job for me the last few weeks. Picked up out of obscurity, really, but he's Done some big scores. Uh, isn't named in the starting team for South this week, which is disappointing. So he's on his way out as a 2RF for Ryan Madison. Did get him wrong a few weeks ago, but I'm happy enough to admit I did get it wrong, so I'll just chuck him back in now. So um, Ryan Madison and Josh Adokar entering the fray, and I've only got uh, three trades left for the rest of the year, so hopefully injuries stay away. Yeah, look, uh, I agree with you there. I've gone five trades to three again this week, and I'd look to plan these trades out. 10 weeks ago, really, and somehow I found myself in this predicament. But anyway, uh, my trades for this week, maybe unnecessarily, Sean Johnson to Adam Dewey. Uh, again, maybe it's a little bit of chasing last week's points, but looking forward, I think the Tigers have a much, I won't say a better run, but an on-par run, and that goal-kicking going from Johnson to Trindle, uh, and of course Dewey back, laying on tries, potential to score them as well, and kicking goals for the West Tigers. Very good run home. I think it's the best of the NRL to finish, maybe alongside the Warriors and the Knights. So happy to have Adam Dewey in this team to finish off. And with the same line of thought, uh, bringing in David Nofaluma, switching uh, from Jared Anderson uh, from the CTW up to the 2RF to cover Tohu Harris, who goes out. But I just really like the Tigers here. I know I've backed them out all year, but they have a great run home, as I just said there with Dewey. Um, Nofaluma, he scores in recent times. Look, it isn't appealing. I think he's... Maybe average 30 in the in the last four weeks prior uh, to that big score against the Broncos. But you look at the teams that they've played in that time. Uh, round 13, the Panthers. Round 14, uh, they took on the Eels. Round 15, they played the Storm. And round 16, they played South. So they've probably played the best four teams in the competition uh, before that round 17 bye. 
Again, he's going to get some easier fixtures here. Show that against the Broncos last weekend. So happy to side with David Nofaluma at that cut price of around $399,000. So to round us out, Adam Dewey and David Nofaluma in for Sean Johnson and Tohu Harris who make way. Just before we go, Tommy, let's get into our best bets of the weekend, of course. Proudly brought to you by topsport.com.au is the Supercoach 365 podcast. A big shout out to Tristan and the team. Hope you're keeping well up there. And news of the uh, the Olympic City, Brisbane getting announced as the hosts in 2032. So uh, no doubt uh, Tristan will have one eye on the Olympics, uh, not only uh, in 2032, but of course the Olympic Games getting underway in Tokyo soon enough. All of those markets at topsport.com.au. But our best bets for the Rugby League this weekend, round 19 of the NRL. I'm going back to the well. I'm siding with the Melbourne Storm here. Same game multi on Friday night against the Cowboys. Happy to back them in at the line, minus 29.5. Maybe a little bit biased here because I just love the Storm and their attacking prowess. Uh, that said, Josh Adokar, Justin Olam, and Ryan Pappenhausen, perhaps off the bench, maybe starting in Jersey 17, to all bag a try. That same game multi anytime is $5.38. Tommy, where are you uh, finding some winners this weekend? Yeah, well, mine is kind of similar thinking to you, just going with a strong attacking team and sort of loading up try scorers if you want to. Uh, Manly, 13 plus, only $1.50 in isolation, but if you pair it with Ruben Garrick to score, who I think is just almost a certainty. You're getting already $2, double your money. And then if you want to get more extravagant and add either Saab or Turbo, you're looking up towards $3, and probably one of them is scoring. But depends how, I suppose, hard and risky you want to go. But I just think going down that Manly line, play them at the 13 plus, and then a couple of try scorers, you're looking good. Yep, uh, I was taught one thing when I was a kid. Uh, the more you bet, the more you win. Um, so do so with topsport.com.au we joke of course gamble responsibly uh, all of those odds on those two games we just spoke of of course topsport.com.au uh, 18 plus only gamble responsibly as we say Tommy that's uh, a big episode for us here round 19 getting underway tonight as you listen to this uh, we're looking forward to it uh, all the best with your team this weekend we'll chat to you next week Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.